The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And we're also brought to you by PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. Visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. And finally, we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 contest for a chance to win a million dollars. That's right, a million dollars, but only at underdogfantasy.com. And finally, do not forget to download the SGPN app. SGPN is giving you a chance to win $100,000 NFL Week 1 exclusively only on the SGPN app, so make sure you download that in either the Google Play or Apple Store. Hi-de-ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Welcome. I would be Jeff Fox, your host. Thank you for coming to episode 65 of this here podcast. Um, I don't have any good dedication for number 65, so instead I'm going to dedicate it to the delicious leftover Indian food I just ate for lunch. So uh, <laughs> it goes out goes out to that delicious Indian uh, food. Um once again, thank you for coming. Hopefully you're listening to us on our MMA Gambling Podcast feed. Um, if not, uh, make sure you jump over and subscribe to that. That way you can get our podcasts as soon as they drop. Uh, the ones on the SGPN main feed come out later. Um, so if you want to get this this top-notch entertainment and intel, um, you want to get it as soon as you can into your ear holes. Make sure you subscribe to the Sports Gambling uh, not sport. You, you can subscribe to Sports Gambling Podcast feed. Sure, you should do that. But also subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast feed. Um, I decided to have have my so I, my associate co-host back again. I was thinking about doing this on my own, but it's it's better to have someone to rag on, and so I better have uh, him on the show. Um, plus, uh, he is one of the toughest men men alive um, because he still. Uh, drinks water out of a hose is what he uh, told me once. So uh, his, or maybe it wasn't him. Someone, someone said that once recently. But anyhow, uh, it would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello, Mr. Vreeland. Hello. You you missed possibly dedicating uh, the episode to an obscure baseball player who wore Cliff Floyd. Cliff Did Floyd? Cliff Floyd wear wear That's a great throwback. No, I was gonna say um, Olympic gold medalist. In speed skating, Eddie Alvarez uh, wore 65. Um, medalist in speed skating, Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, yeah, he won. He won a. That's right. Not non WWE. One FCs, not a, Eddie Alvarez. Not one FCs, Eddie Alvarez. Uh, Eddie with a Y. Alvarez played second base for the Marlins, uh, and he also won a gold medal in speed skating, oh. and then recently a silver medal in baseball. So wow. uh, he's one of one of like five or six guys to win a winter and a summer medal. 
See, that's why this guy is on this podcast, folks. That obscure stuff, which will help you make your gambling picks right there. Um, <laughs> plus, uh, more importantly, Dan, uh, the listeners need to know, Indian food, thumbs up or thumbs down in your books? Uh, thumb, thumbs down. Sorry. Thumbs down, really? Yeah, not for me. I, I thought you were going to say you haven't eaten Indian food because you have that interesting backstory, <laughs> backstory of yours. But thumbs Cause, down, cause eh? I, You know, I just would probably say... From from my perspective, I come from a part of the world that probably doesn't have the most authentic versions of of Indian food or uh, Mexican food or Chinese food. It's like not authentic. Actually, we do have a pretty authentic Mexican place around here. I like that place. So I would say by saying I don't like Indian food, I don't like the Western Massachusetts equivalent <laughs> of Indian food. Yeah. Um, so you basically you're just like eating wild game and, and berries and nuts out of the forest where you live, basically. Yeah, that's the yeah I, food. I, I did eat a lot of wild game growing up. Oh, when, uh, yeah, my, my dad shot a lot of things as a kid, and we also had pigs that we butchered. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, it was pretty horrific thinking back on it because I, like, grew up with the pigs. Um, did you? Like, did they have names? Yeah, well, my mom and dad wouldn't let us name them, so our our pigs' names were breakfast and dinner, uh, and I don't think we got it ever because uh, we were pretty little. Uh, wow. But we used to we used to ride breakfast and dinner, uh, and Listen. then we we also ate breakfast and dinner. <laughs> Your backstory, just every episode, something else comes out and it's amazing. This it's is what you gotta. Amazing. This is what you listen for. This is what this the people come for. Amazing. This is. Um, this is more um, interesting than possibly what we have to actually talk about <laughs> in the bulk of this episode. This actually, this um, this fight card actually is so good coming up um, that Dan figured he should record three different podcasts about it today. Right? That's, <laughs> that's how good it is. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I decided to do today um, so, for some for some reason. <laughs> so basically. Um, the two you just recorded were the warm-ups, and this is like you're ready for the – this is it. You're, you're set. You're, your thoughts, your picks, your throat is warmed up. Your brain is, is firing in all cylinders. Uh, you're ready to roll, having pinpoint a razor-sharp analysis on, on uh, this, this Bia Malaki, uh, Josie Nunez fight, right? Yeah, I mean, like if I haven't talked myself out of picks in all the other ones I've recorded so far, I feel like I'm pretty set now. There you go. Awesome. All right. Well, before we get into it, we got lots of awesome sponsors because um, everybody wants to be a part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And let me tell you about one of them, uh, WinBet. Ready to win money and boost odds? WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNB, isn't it funny how I, I uh, trip up on MMA, which is what this show is actually about? But anyhow, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Risk-free, $500 sports bet. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Actually, I was joking earlier, that's why I have you on the podcast, but really, like, anything I throw at you, you have a story about. Even, like, joking, <laughs> joking about eating joking about eating wild game turns into Dan telling stories about riding pigs and eating them. <laughs> yeah, There's, yeah I, I got something for everything. He's a renaissance man. He has something for everything. All right. 
Um, is there any news we should like? We'll, we'll pull, pull back the curtain here. Dan's already recorded two podcasts. He's recording this one, and then I'm away next week, so we're recording next week's podcast right after this too. So we may be we may cut down on the nonsense and just get right to the heart of things. This podcast um, and the next podcast, but is there any any news that you think we should cover before? Uh, I don't think anything really huge has happened since last recording, has it? No, just Connor continuing to go off the rails. Yeah, who cares? I feel like that's not even news at this point, right? Like no. he's just picking a fight with anybody who can help keep him relevant for a minute. Yeah, he he's getting more desperate it seems by the by the minute. So, um yeah, maybe things aren't looking good <laughs> with his rehab, who knows? Or maybe uh like I said before cocaine's a hell of a drug. Not Yeah, you uh, might need a different kind of rehab. <laughs> <laughs> not not saying anything about Connor. This is just something I heard before. Um yeah, other than that, I don't think anything else really crazy or interesting has happened. Um, Kayla Harrison's going to destroy her opponent tomorrow night. I take it at uh, PFL, right? Yeah, although I, I like Jenna Fabian. She, she's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Just don't, don't say she's good looking to Kayla Harrison. Or she go, she, she'll go, go off she, on you, right? Man, man, that, was, that was freaking bro- – with that being said, we can touch upon that for two seconds. What a dumb question. I didn't, I didn't hear what the question was. I, oh, just, I, mean, I like, just know the, the gist of it. The dude basically said, like, so you're real pretty. Does that mess up with you? Like, do you do you worry about having to fight because your pretty face might get messed up? And, I'm like, uh, <laughs> and it's like, it, does it make you hesitant in there? And, like, it, then he tried to, like, play it all cool and be like, no, no, I was just, like, saying, like, you know, because it's, because it's a thing. And it's like, no, it's not. Dude, nobody. And, and Kayla Harrison put it best. Like, dude, nobody likes getting punched in the face. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm not I'm not a model, and I don't think I want to get in a fight either. But Yeah, so uh, it, it was actually, pretty great, though. It was pretty great. If you haven't gotten a chance to yeah. go and listen to it, listen to the, the media. It's probably everywhere. As a matter of fact, even PFL tweeted it out to, like, roast the dude. <laughs> so uh, I highly suggest listening to that guy ask one of the worst questions in MMA media history. It is actually a good thing that stuff like that actually doesn't happen very often in this sport. MMA, you know, for all the flack <laughs> we give it and stuff, it's actually fairly progressive towards female athletes like what other sport do you see like other than the olympics where female athletes basically are, are on the same level as male athletes on on a on a platform or or an event being being put forth it's, it's very 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 rare thing yeah i would say there's definitely room for it to grow still in, in a yeah. couple of ways but but you're right but i would say at first i thought you were saying it's really rare that a media member asks a stupid freaking question no no i was about like to stop you on that because like <laughs> pretty much back-to-back pay-per-views we got that that turd in the the pink coat try to basically pick a fight with with conor mcgregor so that he'd be cool and people would yeah. remember his name and now nobody does i, I don't think he really just, gained any kind of following or job because of that and not then, unless, yeah, unless his name's turd in, in the pink coat then no no one remembers yeah, his name Sorry, yeah turd, turd, turd in the pink coat we can go with <laughs> and then then that random ass french guy who asked Derek lewis if it would be how, how upsetting is it going to be for a french guy you know, to yeah. get to beat you in your hometown. It's like, it would feel bad, you moron. Like, yeah. what, what are you doing here? And very clearly, you're like the most French guy ever. So, like, you're very clearly tra- just trying to make some sort of ruckus about that. So, yeah, yeah. MMA media has, has got some bad people asking questions. It so, does. Uh, so, it, it, it's surprising sexist stuff doesn't come up more often than it does, which is it, it's good, uh, though. So 
Yeah, that's good. And speaking of bad, uh, bad media questions, I listen to Top Turtle every week, Dan. You don't have to tell me that there's bad questions. <laughs> ah, you set yourself up. But there, there you go. Kidding. I walked right in. Walked right into that. Top Turtle. Okay, before we do get started, who's on Top Turtle this week? Which is Dan's other podcast for those of you who may not know, where he interviews fighters and makes uh, and makes picks. And it's got a horrible. He's got a horrible curse over anyone that appears on the podcast, any fighter that appears on the podcast. Um, the crash the cars they have their insides bleed for no reason or more often than not they just lose their fights um what uh who's on this week so last week uh no I no people, no we're not going to talk oh yeah last week. I, I talked with two people on this, this okay i'm sorry right, yeah, yes. yeah yeah so yeah. La- last week i talked to brandon roy vall and vince pichelle who are fighting okay. uh both on the main card and then this week, uh, I talked to Parker Porter, who is also on the main card, uh, but then the show also has a fighter from next week's card, which we'll talk about in about an hour, although it'll be a week's time for those of you who are listening. Uh, I also have Dustin Jacoby on, uh, who's getting ready to try to make his undefeated run in the UFC go to four fights. So Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, he, fun run for him, actually, and he's, like, super easy to talk to. He's, like, very... Very well-spoken dude. So, Does he um, drink water out of the hose? He doesn't, although that that was a Vince Pichel quote, right? Is that what you're, you're yeah, referring? I believe so. I believe it was – I'm paraphrasing here, uh, but I referred to it earlier, so I guess I should um, should reveal it in case people haven't heard. It was – I believe um, the gist of it was he's not afraid to die from COVID because he still drinks water out of a hose. So um, – if that's not American, <laughs> if that's not an American fighter, then I don't know what is, Dan. Yeah, he he fits the bill. Um, yeah, is that some is water out of a hose? Some um, some cure for COVID that I don't know about? Did I get the vaccines for no reason? No, but I think it's like a, a colloquial saying, meaning like they're not afraid <laughs> of germs. Um, yeah. but yes, um, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's not as good as a vaccine, I would say. Probably not. But All right. You know what's even – I was going to say this is even better. Even better than you a vaccine. You know what's better than a vaccine? You know what's better than a COVID vaccine? Because COVID's fake. Anyway, everyone knows COVID's fake. You know what's not fake? Prop swap. Prop swap's amazing. I'm sure Prop swap wants to be uh, involved with me saying COVID's fake, too. That might, Prop, be, their, that might be their new slogan, better than a be. vaccine. Better than a vaccine. And the world is flat. It's brought to you by Prop Swap. Um, we are brought to you by Prop Swap. And they don't believe anything that I just said. Um, they're a fine organization. They don't have any of these stupid beliefs. Uh, prob- we are brought to you by them, of course. They're America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Football season is about to kick off, and PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. For example, last year, the Buffalo Bills were 35-1 to to win the Super Bowl. After they reached the AFC Championship game, a PropSwap customer who bet $100 on the Bills before the season sold that ticket for $900. That was an 800% return for the seller on a ticket that ended up losing. Think of PropSwap like the stock market, but for sports betting, buy low, sell high. The average seller in PropSwap makes over $500 per month just listing and selling tickets. And when making your bet, remember to go for two. Make your make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for profit and keep one for yourself to leave yourself some skin in the game, which I, I say is the ultimate hashtag degen move right there. Get started today or by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. I said we weren't gonna we're gonna cut down the nonsense so we could get done in what fifteen minutes in of nonsense. And I haven't even mentioned the name of the card uh, that we're gonna break down. So, any any other nonsense, Dan? No, I think you got all the nonsense. 
No, it was you. You totally dragged me into all that silly nonsense. Talk about I'm picturing little uh, Dan riding on a pig, <laughs> and then slice, slicing his throat afterwards. But anyhow, <laughs> sorry, I brought back bad memories. There, I, didn't I, I think that was my dad who did it. I, yeah. I don't think I did any of. The, I think I was probably like four. That would have been pretty, yeah. pretty hardcore move for a four year old. <laughs> well, I hope your dad does not know that your uh, partner here is a vegan, or he's, he probably thinks I'm the uh, <laughs> biggest wussy wuss in the world, right? Uh, no, no, he's he's pretty chill about other people's life good. choices. He's he's. I think he's probably like pretty much a libertarian. He's like, you do you. One yeah. of those guys. Uh, I'm just going to be here slitting. Throat, throat pigs. <laughs> From what I hear, he's he's a pretty yeah, sounds like a pretty cool dude. Um, all right, this maybe we'll have him on some week that, that we're looking. At. I'm sure if if you've got stories about everything, he's got stories about everything times ten. I'm sure he's very much a story guy. <laughs> all right, um, UFC and ESPN, Cannoneer versus Gastelum. What we left you waiting for this tantalizing card um we're finally going to break it down it's also known as usc and espn 29 i refer to it as usc vegas 34 yes 34 that's correct an article dan wrote today said 34 so i'm going to go with you dan i'm pretty sure it is 34 though um now dan usually is the good cop on the bad cop here dan usually gives you this um the spin maybe he's really dana white in in disguise here but he usually tells you how great a card is uh, Dan, are you, do you have a good spin on this card here for us? It's I have kind a of a less, mediocre card. I have a less good spin because, like, I, I do think there are, like, a couple of, like, really interesting fights here and a couple that are, like, meaningful for title implications, right? Yeah. Like, both There's the main event probably, and right? that flyweight fight. Yeah, that yep. flyweight fight for sure has title shot implications. Then there's, like, a lot of stuff that I just – can't force myself to to really get real excited about like you mentioned oh, the Baymo Baymoleki Josie <laughs> that just jumped like, off the page man I it's, you know I, I, it's like Baymoleki is like a work in progress and we'll talk about this later Josie Nunez has been supposed to be making her debut for like a year now and yep. from what I can tell she just throws haymakers so like not not a whole lot of fun there and then there's like a couple of guys who like we're supposed to be guys, but have kind of taken some losses and are not super exciting anymore. And some like wily veterans versus guys who are like up and comers, but not really like they all have something fundamental flaw about them that makes them less up and comery. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's less good than the average card. <laughs> up and comery is a good, good expression though, Daniel up and comery. Um, but yeah, it's, which usually uh, it means it's going to be a, a fun fight night. If it's a um, questionable card on paper, a lot of times we're going to get fireworks. So, um, it, before we get into it, do you have a Daniel Vreeland pick? I, I think I think I asked you this already last uh, time. You, your uh, pick of the fight of the night is uh, Pantoja and Ruvoy Val, correct? Yeah, yeah. If that yeah. doesn't wind up fight of the night, I will be yeah. very shocked. Like and very, yeah. very shocked. Yeah, I'm not saying it's necessarily going to win fight of the night, but that, that's probably the the um, on paper the, the most fun one that we got. So, all right, so this is going down this Saturday, UFC Apex as per usual, Enterprise Nevada, which we learned is not te- they're not technically in Las Vegas, they're in the suburbs. It is an ESP. It's on it says it's on ESPN in the title, but it's really on ESPN too. Uh, both the main card and the prelims, ESPN two and ESPN plus. Main card 10 p.m. Eastern, prelims 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, let me see. Have we had anything that's fallen off recently? Yeah, we had um, Mana Martinez just dropped out of his fight. 
and he's fighting um his fight was against Trevin Jones and they got a newcomer Syed Yokub which um I've seen his name his first name is Syed Yokub but I've seen like his full name be that Syed Space Yokub um so I think that's what he goes by but his last name Kokromanov. Kokromanov is the last name, but I, I think he just goes by saying Yolkov. Is that not correct? I believe so, too. I, yeah. I think that's what his management tweeted out. So. Okay, and that's what I his Twitter and stuff says, so I figured that. So, All right, so um, so he is taking the, taking the fight in short notice. Other than that, um, the card is pretty much in uh, attack from when we last spoke. Main event was originally supposed to be Paulo Costa versus Jerry Cannonier, but Costa is a weirdo and had a bunch of reasons why he didn't take the fight um it sounds like and that was the fight booked and that yeah. was fight booked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it was money but who knows um anyhow so we got calvin gaslam who seems to be he is the the uh last minute replacement guy in in the middleweight division he, he seems to take am i remembering this wrong or does he always take fights on the last minute it seems like he does no he, he does yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he that's, how, really he, that's how he wound up with the israel Desanya fight right yeah, this is this is uh doesn't qualify for short notice in my books because it was what back in June it was announced. So basically he's had pretty much a full fight camp. So all right, let's break her down. We'll start with the prelims as per usual. Curtain jerker, Walter Walterweights, Sasha Platnikov, Ramiz Brahimaj. Is that right? Brahimaj? <laughs> Ramiz Brahimai. Ramiz Brahimai. All right, whatever. Um I didn't eat my pets growing up, though, so take that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now the guy has, has a nickname that I know of, um, so we won't play the nickname game here. Uh, Poletnikov, 6-3 and three with three knockouts. He's been knocked out himself twice, so two out of his three losses have come via knockout. He's 1-1 one one in the UFC. He got subbed in his last fight. He is three inches taller than his opponent here. He's twice more active striking, so he lands twice as many strikes on average than Brahimaj does, and he is the better grappler stat-wise than his opponent. He's at plus 112. Uh, Brahimaj, 8-3, eight, eight, and three, eight submissions, so he's got one path to victory here. Um, and his opponent just got submitted last fight. Hmm, interesting. Uh, he is 0-1 in the UFC. He got TKO'd his first fight. Three years younger than Poletnikov. He's at minus 140. I just read an article on MMA-Manifesto.com, which I run and Mr. Gumby writes for. I just, uh, read a very good article on Brahmaj and why he uh, should be should be winning this fight easily. So I'm going to go with him. Yeah, I, I think he's a real safe player here. Um, you read as a matter of fact, I, I did read it. It was uh, <laughs> written by a very intelligent writer. Um, not only do I like Brahimai in this fight, I actually think the odds are way too close. Um, like, there's no reason he shouldn't be, like, a negative 200 favorite in this fight. Polanikov is a really good striker, but, like, uh, he he just got taken down and sort of dominated in the grappling department by Ipa Kasangane, who I've, I, I had never seen grapple before. He spent, like, 15 minutes at uh, um, Sanford MMA, and suddenly he can submit Sasha Platnikov. And that's a really bad sign when you're going up against a guy who's got a good double leg, who can take you down against the cage. He's got lots of ways to get you down. And then he's an absolute animal with the submissions once he has you down. So for me, that, there, there's so many warning signs there for Platnikov. And, and you know, like, that, that loss for Brahimai is, is like, it aged really well, right? Like he fought, he fought Max Griffin. And he not, Max Griffin since then has been blowing up. And really, it's not like Griffin separated him from consciousness. He just separated most of his ear from the side of his head. So, 
a weird TKO loss to Max Griffin in your debut. I'm still really high on Brahimai. I think he subs him pretty easily here. Well, there you go. Um, we agreed on a pick plus. We we got a prop uh, bet for you right there also. Um, and we just got started. Uh, let's move along to lightweights. Roosevelt Roberts, which I believe um, your MMA podcast, uh, Sean Sheehan, calls him the 24th president of the United States, Roosevelt Roberts, because that's basically what his name sounds like. Uh, he'll be fighting against Ignacio Bahamones. Bahamones. Um, I forgot to ask you, did any of the first guys been on your podcast, Pletnikov or Brahma? Uh, Brahma did before his oh, fight with no. Max Griffin way, way back when. Yeah. Oh, no, we picked him. All right. How about Roberts or Bahamones? Roberts has as well. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. They got nicknames. Roberts, the Predator. I've actually had a, I've actually had a lot of the people on this fight card on oh, my, boy. my podcast. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. So everyone's gonna lose. Um, a lot of double knockouts. Uh, Roberts. Do, do is, you want to just keep me to keep giving you updates every time there's there's yes. somebody who? Yeah. Rather okay, than yeah, yeah. Yes. All right. Cool. I'll I'll just fill you in. So Roberts and Brahimai so far. Yes. <laughs> Roberts is the Predator. Bahamondes is La Hola. Which means the cage, I believe. Is that correct? Or don't you know about that? I, I don't. Yeah, that's, that's not a familiar one to me. Yeah. Um, I'll go with the Predator. That's better. Yeah, and, and it's for a pretty clear reason, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, Bahamonde is 11 and 4, 8 knockouts. He's been subbed twice, so half of his losses have come via submission. He's 0 1 in the UFC. He got into the UFC via the Dana White Contender Series, where he won his fight. He's an inch taller, got two inches of reach, and he's three years younger than Roberts. He's two and a half times more active landing strikes, and he's at plus 115. Uh, the Predator, 10 and 2 with one no contest, three knockouts, five submissions. He's 4 and 2 with one no contest in the UFC. His so last fight was a no contest, uh, but it really was a sub loss, and then it got overturned for, probably for weed. It seems every fight got overturned for weed back in the olden days. So, um, so he, over his last, what, four fights, he's 2 and 1 with one no contest. He also was on the Contender Series where he won his fight. He also was in Bellator where he won a fight there. He's won and won Bellator. Striking stats in his favor, grappling stats in his favor, minus 145. Uh, break it down. Uh, so the interesting thing for me in this fight is that, like, both guys are are really tall. And if you look back at the records, haven't fought anybody particularly tall. Um, you know, 163, 162, and they're fighting at lightweight, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing for me, though, is that, like, Baja Mondays, despite the fact that he's a striker and likes to keep things at range, he's also, like, de- more defensively sound striking than Roosevelt Roberts is. Um, you know, like, Roberts is a guy who has fought guys like Jim Miller, and when Jim Miller throws a right hand, he just would move his head straight backwards. And against Jim Miller, that's fine, because you're six foot two and Jim Miller can't reach you. But when you fight Baja Mondays, like, he's going to hit you if you move your head straight backwards. And I just worry that that's, like, too ingrained in what Roosevelt Roberts is. Plus, Roosevelt Roberts doesn't like to fight even all that much long. Like, he likes to get in short range. And with all of the, like, kickboxing background and, and Muay Thai background of Baja Mondays, I think he's better at keeping that range, uh, which would be tricky for Roberts. So I actually like the dog money here in Baja Mondays. Yep, sounds good to me. He's got the size also. Uh, far more active a striker, so let's let's go get some dog money here. Uh, Bahamondes is the is the pick. Um, we will move on to light heavyweight William Knight versus Fabio Charant. Um, William Knight is nightmare, spelled like his last name K N I G H T. Ha ha ha. 
Uh, Charente is a water buffalo. Obviously, water buffalo, if you ask me. Yeah, that's a that's a very unique <laughs> nickname. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, the water buffalo is seven and two with five submissions. He's 0-1 in the UFC where he was submitted himself. He also is 0-1 in the Contender Series. He was the LFA champion in his past life. He will be the much bigger man here. Three inches taller, three inches of reach. He's also six years younger, plus 175. The Nightmare is 9-2 and two with eight knockouts, 1-1 one one in the UFC. He lost his last fight. He was on the Contender Series twice. He won both his fights there. He's got striking stats in his favor, plus he lands three times more strikes than Sherratt. He also has grappling stats in his favor, minus 225. Uh, I'll be uh, backing the Nightmare in this one. Yeah, I'm going to take the Nightmare in this one too, but I actually think it's pretty damn close. Um, you know, like the, the weird thing here is that Sharon is actually a really good grappler, despite the fact that he did lose by Von Fluchok his last time out. He's got a good yeah. guillotine. He, he's really good when he's on top. And William Knight just got took down a ton against Da Jung, but it was mostly like trips. Um, and he kept falling to that like same trip. I kind of think he's not going to keep falling to that same thing here. So I think you know like the the traditional double leg of the takedown against the cage. It's a little harder to get William Knight down. I also think you know like all fights start on the feet. If Sherratt trades with William Knight long enough, he's just going to hit him really freaking hard once. Um, yeah. and, and it's worth noting too, that William Knight in his, his contender series fight, he got taken down by Cody Brundage, who's like a very good grappler. Like he's a wrestler type. Um, but he just like did the Derek Lewis stand up, um, which <laughs> William Knight has that kind of crazy power to do. I don't know if he'd do it against Sharon, but it like gives me enough hope that he'd get it back to the feet there if he wanted to anyway. And you must really like Knight in this match. Because I remember you picking against Knight a bunch of times in the past, uh, since we've started recording this show. I will say that I picked him to beat Alexa Kamer, if I'm not oh, yeah? mistaken. Okay. Uh, because I said Kamer makes a lot of mistakes. But then I did I think I I think what you're remembering is I think I picked him to lose to Alonzo Menafield twice. I yeah, think that's twice right. we right. broke down him versus Alonzo Menafield. And the first time it got cancelled and rebooked and the second time it got cancelled and Fabio Charant stepped in for him. Yes, the water buffalo lumbered yeah. in to the in there. Yeah, that's what I'm remembering. You're correct. So we are yeah, we're identical on our picks so far. Let's see uh actually before we move on, I want to tell you about a new sponsor of ours, Pixwise. Pixwise is the number one home for free sports betting picks. Props and parlays helmed by a team of trend watching, data devouring sports fanatics, giving you the who how and why behind every prediction for every game, every day, and every sport, all for free. Visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. PicksWise backs responsible gambling. If you you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, PicksWise, welcome aboard. Um, all right, we'll move on to the aforementioned women's bantamweight fight. This is the only women's fight actually on the card now. It is between Bia Malaki and... Josiane, a.k.a. Josie Nunez. Uh, so we got Bad News Barbie versus Josie. Um, Bad News Barbie is a nickname. Josie is really not a nickname. It's a shortening her name. So Bad News Barbie wins the nickname. Yeah. Um, so Nunes, or Nunez, if you rather, will be making her debut in the UFC here after uh, much delay. Uh, she is 7-1 with six knockouts. She's never been finished in the fight. She's won six straight fights, the last five of the uh, – uh, form of knockout or TKO. She's two years younger, plus 125. The bad news, Barbie is 4-0 and with one knockout, two submissions, 2-0 and in the UFC, but she's not fought since March of 2020. 
But as listeners here know, that's actually probably a good thing because fighters who have been off a year are winning now 57% of their fight. I think it keeps going up every time I check there. Um, she also was in the Ultimate Fighter house where she lost her one fight there. She is a former Muay Thai champion. She's got seven inches of height and seven inches of reach over noons here, minus 155. Uh, I'll go with Barbie in this one. The size is insane. Yeah, the size is insane. It's also insane that, like, nobody can get a real number on her record, right? Like, you had her at 4-0. Is that off of the UFC's website? Uh, yeah, I hmm, I'm, I think I might have been off Sure Dog, actually. Off Sure Dog? And, and then yeah. Tapology has got her at 2-0 with three amateur fights. Right, right. Two, yeah. and, like, yeah, like nobody knows. Um, I had her at 2-0. But, like, bottom line is she is super, 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 like, raw. And right. every single time we see her fight, she seems to be a little bit better. Um, I know some of that is because she works with Save Saad at, at Fortis. I don't know if it's a full-time thing or if she just trains there when she's not in Sweden. Um, but she looks like she's getting better technically every single time. And she's fighting somebody in Josie Nunes who I haven't gotten a ton of of watch on her. Like, it's hard to find footage of her. But every single piece of footage I've seen is just her just bombing right hands one right after another. It's, she looks like you're watching a gif of of like Chuck Liddell in his prime or her Dan you know Dan Henderson or something like that. She it's just H bomb after H bomb after H bomb with like not nearly that same amount of power, right? She's just knocking out like Brazilian regional circuit bantamweight. So I, I think here it, it's so hard to be that kind of big power puncher when you're fighting somebody who's got seven inches of reach on you and seems to be improving technically markedly every single time out. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Malecki here. I would say I am not confident at all in this pick, but yeah, I'm going to take her in this one just due to the length and the fact that I have more hope for her, her technical growth. Right. All right. We are the same still. Let's see if we uh, have some separation here. Bantamweights, Brian Kelleher, Domingo Pilarte. Uh, we got Boom Kelleher versus Son of Fire. Pilarte, Son of Fire is a fire nickname. I'm going with that one. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. Boom's a better nickname. Boom, Boom is iconic, you could say. Um, yeah, it's, it's getting up there as one of the better ones. Brian yeah. Boom. Yeah. All right, let's break down Pilarte first. Eight and two with one no contest. He's got two knockouts and four submissions um, on his resume. He's never been finished in a fight. Actually, he has. He was technically TKO'd in his fight, but it got changed to a no contest. So basically, he's 0-1 with one no contest in the UFC. He last fought February of 2020. He was 1-0 on the Contender Series. He dig, uh, dig this. He's six inches taller, seven inches of reach, and four years younger than Boom. Um, which is wild because Kelleher's fought at a weight class above this bantamweight class. Um, is Polarte, has he, does he usually fight at a higher weight class or is he always a bantamweight? I think he's always been a bantamweight to um, my knowledge. Huge. Like, I mean, he is very, he, I mean, like if you look at him, he's very long and lanky. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, Kolaris, I'm, I'm looking back at his past opponents. He fought Adrian Yanez, who's a Bantamweight. Vince Morales, who's a Bantamweight. Kolaris, who's a Bantamweight. So if he did fight higher, it must have been a while ago. He would have okay. had to be. All right. Um, so he would be the much bigger man here, at least lengthwise. Uh, he also has grappling stats in his favor. He's at plus 140. Uh, boom, 22 and 12 with eight knockouts, 10 submissions. He has been subbed himself six times, so half of his losses have come via submission. He's 6 and 5 in the UFC. He is 1 and 2 over his last three, lost his last fight. 
Before this, he was in Bell- Bellator, where he was 0-2. Uh, like I said before, he sometimes fights at featherweight. Um, this is down at bantamweight. He's twice more active on the feet striking than Polarte. He's at minus 175. I'm going to go with the dog here. I'm taking Polarte. I like his size, and I like um, his size. And <laughs> No, I... I I, uh, I like his size and his submission ability, obviously, because uh, that's a, a Achilles heel for uh, Kelleher. Yeah, I would agree with you, but I'm, I am going to differ with you on the pick here. I, I'm going to take Brian Kelleher, and the reason is is I, I think you're right. I, I think if he does get Kelleher down and move to the back, there's a chance that he could pick up a sub here. But the problem is, is that, like, look at the guys who have been able to get Kelleher down and keep him down regularly like it's like Ricky Simone and Cody Stamen two dudes who are built like freaking refrigerators right and then like uh, Montel Jackson also took or you know like dealt with him on the ground pretty well who is massive and like massive in a different way than maybe Domingo Pilarte is um and, and like Brian Keller's wrestling is not bad. It's just he's not ready to to fight the Cody Stamens of the world on the ground. And I don't think Polarte is going to be able to get him down. And on the feet, I think Kelleher, despite the length thing, has a huge advantage. He likes to get in there. He doesn't mind getting hit um, in order to, to take one and exchange one. And, and I think for that reason, I, I actually like him to, to win pretty easily here against Polarte. I, I think he pieces him up on the feet. Pretty easily. Wow, okay. You are uh, a confident guy in this one, so obviously I'm going to be right. Perfect. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll, let's break down the last fight of the prelims, and it would be featherweights. Austin Lingo, Luis Saldana. We've got lights out Lingo and nothing for Saldana. Lights out Lingo, you win. Um, so Austin Lingo is 8-1. and one. Three knockouts, two submissions. He's never been finished in a fight himself. He's 1-1 in the UFC. He won his last fight after dropping his debut. He also was a former LFA champion. He's three years younger than Saldana. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 108. Saldana, 15-6, nine knockouts, five submissions. He's 1-0 in the UFC, 1-0 in the Contender Series. He's won five straight fights. He's an inch taller and has three inches of reach. Uh, striking and active striking stats in his favor, minus 135. We'll let you go first. I'm going to go dog here with Lingo. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I like him for a couple of reasons in this fight. The the big one for me is that Saldana didn't look really great in his last fight for me. Um, I mean, he comes out with the win, but he fought Jordan Griffin, a guy who I, I feel like a lot of people thought he should have been able to pretty easily handle, and he didn't all that much. Um, you know, like I, I thought he had a little bit of trouble with the grappling of of uh, Jordan Griffin, even if Jordan Griffin did only get him down four times and, and maybe didn't even have all that much top control time. But, like, he had trouble with the grappling there, and... The thing about Austin Lingo is I think Austin Lingo, first of all, is a better striker than somebody like Jordan Griffin. So I think he has the ability to stand toe-to-toe with Saldana and then mix it up if it does go to the ground. Like, he has the ability to get in there and get the takedown if he needs. So, yeah, I think Lingo, just by being more well-rounded here, probably wins a decision here against Saldana. I'm going to differ. I'll take Saldana. Um, I like his finishing ability. I like his size. I like his the hot streak. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll differ on the last two from you. Um, 
So look at, look at us with some different. No, it's all right. You, you you took a uh, dog, and then uh, I took a favorite, and then vice versa in in the match before this. So there you go. All right, that is the main, not the main card, the prelims. This fight card is not that bad. That's the main card. All right, we'll move on to the prelims. But first, let me tell you about Paramount Plus. This is the summer of soccer, and it continues on Paramount Plus. You can stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italy's Serie A, Argentina's Primera Division, the Brasileiro, NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation, and the Concafa Qualifiers, featuring the stars from the U.S. and Mexican men's national teams, plus much more. It's the best of the beautiful game. With all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapinoe, and Pulisic. Be part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game lives here on Paramount+. Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com to start your free trial and stream every match live. All right, main card. <clears throat> I believe I said 10 p.m. Eastern. We'll start with Bantamweights, Trevin Jones versus uh, late replacement Syed Yokub. Um, let's start with there. I haven't seen any odds anywhere for this. Do you have odds for this, Dan, at all? No, seen? no, I've seen I've seen odds for for Trevin Jones versus Mana Martinez, yeah. and I can I can you know inappropriately speculate about uh what the odds of this one might be but that's what, that's what we're all about go right ahead yeah so if i was irresponsibly just like assigning i'm gonna guess trevin jones coming in at about negative 250 to negative 300 somewhere in that range okay because while uh side yoga uh has like some pretty decent wins on his record like and he's a team oyama guy which i respect Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like he, he's kind of, you know, like a guy who's gone out there and finished a lot of people. And I mean, he did beat Askar Askar, who is not to be confused with Askar Askarov, but no. Askar Askar, um, also a pretty legit fighter too. Yeah. Like I, I think he's, he's decent, but like at the same time, Trevin Jones is mid camp. He's, I mean, he's actually gone through like seven camps to finally get to this fight and, uh, he's on a hell of a run. So I, I imagine negative 250, negative 300. Right, right in that range. All right, we will see if he's right. So, um, Yokov is eight and two with three knockouts, three submissions. He's won two straight fights via knockout. Uh, taking this on very short notice. Uh, he's also fought in PFL where he's zero one. He's five years younger. Uh, I don't have any info for his reach, so I don't know if uh, what the reach um, advantage or disadvantage will be here. Um, as for Trevin Jones, he's five star Jones, so uh, he's the only one with the nickname here, so he wins. Uh, Thirteen and six with one no contest. Got three knockouts, four submissions. He's one and zero with one no contest in the UFC, um, but he actually won his last fight. Was this another weed thing with him? Yep. Every fighter, man. Yeah, it's it's he beat um. You're talking about when he beat uh, Timor Gallia, oh, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He, he, same thing. He so took ba- that fight on like two days' notice, and and then they took his win away. Yeah. So basically, he's he's won both his UFC fights via TKO. Um, he's got a four straight. Uh, undefeated, no L streak. So basically, he, he's won four straight fights, but one of them was a no contest. Um, except we don't know the odds. Except Dan says it's probably in the plus. What do you say? Minus two fifty range. You think probably? Yeah, right, right around there. All right, I'm taking Jones. Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty easy pick too because yep. look, Jones has had a slew of opponents fall out. Um, I mean, if you look at his tapology page, you can you can see some of them. He was supposed to fight. Uh, Randy Costa at one point, Tony Kelly, Ronnie Lawrence, Mana Martinez, and look, I, I'm not being mean here to side Yoko, uh, but like, 
just about all those guys I think of as being a little bit better than him, especially Ronnie Lawrence. Mana Martinez has had a hell of a run himself. Um, you know, Randy Costa. And, and actually, I favored Trevin Jones in literally all of those other fights. Um, you know, like he, he's got good wrestling. I mean, like you definitely, definitely, definitely can't doubt his willpower. Like that Timor Valia fight, he took a beating in the first round, having taken it on short notice. And he just, like, willed himself through that and came back to finish Timur Valiev, which that is a win that is aging very well. Um, he's got great finishing instincts. The knockout of Mario Batista was incredible. Yeah, like, I, I think not only does he win here, he probably finishes uh, side Yoko. And, and that's no knock to Yoko, but just, like, you're fighting a guy who you don't want to fight on three or four days' notice. Yeah, very true. All right, moves on, moves us on to possibly the the most significant fight of the night, a flyweight battle between Alejandre uh, Pantoja and Brandon Royval. Probably number one contender fight, you think? Uh, for evolving, yeah. I would say for sure. Unless they do the trilogy. They do the trilogy, that's yeah. a tough one. Because then I think Royval's got to fight Askar Askarov for that. Because yep. right now Askarov is hurt. Um, so yeah. like if, if Royval wins and they decide not to do the trilogy, so like it would probably just have to be like an emphatic win. He just got to go out there yeah. and, and make it look pretty. All right. So Pantoja is the cannibal. Royval is the raw dog. D-A-W-G. The cannibal. <laughs> Cannibal's my pick there. <laughs> raw, raw dog is such a ridiculous nickname. Well, so Dan's going with raw dog for his pick, obviously. It's, um, it's hilarious. It is. The raw dog is 12 and 5 with three knockouts and eight submissions, so, which is, that's pretty wild. He's finished all of his fights except for one and in flyweight. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that's wild. He is two one in the UFC. He got TKO'd his last fight. The uh, it was Brandon Moreno, correct? The current yeah, champ? that was by it was by shoulder dislocation too. It wasn't oh yeah. Even, okay, okay. So like, I mean, like he did get TKO'd, but like in a way that I'm not even sure you can really attribute it to Brandon Moreno. Yeah. Um, he also is an LFA champ. This is the LFA champ, uh, former LFA champ card. Um, he is. Was in World Series of Fighting, also where he won his one fight. He's four inches taller, one inch reach, two years younger, plus 140. The Cannibal, 23 and 5, eight knockouts, eight submissions, never been finished, seven and three in the UFC. He's gone his last what, four fights, loss, win, loss, win. So he won his last fight, if you're going into that pattern. He was on the Ultimate Fighter when they were starting up the, actually, no, when they were trying to get a contender for Demetrius Johnson. And he went two and one in there. Wasn't he the top seed on that show? He was the top seed, and if I'm not mistaken, he did he lose to um uh, that Hiromasa Oki, or Ogakobo or Oga? Oh, I'm saying his name wrong now. Did he did he lose? To, uh-huh. His name was Hero. Hero was his first name. Sure, if I'm pretty say, sure he okay. lost to Hero. Okay, but but if he was the top seed, that means he beat Brandon Moreno in the first fight. Yeah, probably. Um, if you say so, sure, whatever. Uh, I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. But he's got striking and active striking stats in his favor, minus 175. I'm kind of wavering now on my pick here, so I'm going to let you you talk first here. Oh, boy, you're wavering on your pick now, which means you're going to ride with uh, my pick, which is underdog Brandon, Marine, or Brandon Raval. Um, that's, where, that's where I'm wavering to. You're right. Yeah, like, I mean, like, look, look I think you're right to waver to him. You're talking about his finishing ability. It's there. And, like, here's the other thing that I think – by the way, he's been an underdog in all three of his UFC fights, and if you go back, the three or four LFA fights in a row before that, 
he was an underdog in those as well. And I think the reason is really obvious. He gets hit in his fights. He gets hit a lot in his fights. Like, when he moves forward, he's cool with getting hit. He wants to make this as sloppy and crazy as possible. And I kind of think Pantoja is going to oblige him with it. Um, And the thing about Royval is I think he hits harder than most flyweights. And he just needs to tag you enough to make you panic. Because what happens with Kaikara France... To an extent, what happened to Tim Elliott, what happened to some of his opponents like Nate Williams on, on LFA, was that he tags you, you panic and shoot a takedown, and his submission offense when you're shooting is incredible. Like, he, he doesn't shoot takedowns. Almost as a rule, he doesn't shoot takedowns. He's got all these submission wins, and it's because he tags you with the hands and then subs you. And, look, I, I think he's going to be on the feet with Pantosha. I don't think he's the more technical guy, but I do think he's going to tag him at least once. Pantoja does like shooting takedowns, especially after he's been tagged a little bit. And I think it'll probably be a mistake. So, yeah, I mean, I like Roy Ball here quite a bit as well, uh, especially when you look at that dog money. Yep. We are, we're taking uh, quite a few dogs here. And plus 140 is pretty nice uh, dog, too. It's not like it's a super, 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 super close number, too. So let's go with let's, – we're riding with the raw dog, Dan. We're riding with the raw dog here. <laughs> We're also you really love that nickname, don't you? It's terrible. <laughs> so bad. Oh well we we forgot we went through a bunch of fights and you didn't tell me Oh yeah, yeah. So show. I, Who I've else? also so I've also interviewed Brian Kelleher. Yeah, I picked that's, that's actually it. That's actually it. Brian Keller and Brandon Royval so far. Oh no, I picked Royval. Okay. I, well we'll see. We'll see. The it's not like a hundred percent. Um sometimes fighters are so good that that they can uh, they can fight through the the jinx and actually get a win, um, assuming they don't crash their car or have their insides explode before the fight. So, <laughs> all right, uh, let's tell you about a couple more sponsors, then we'll finish off the pre preview here. Uh, Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free twenty five dollars. Sign up, uh, so you basically get twenty bucks, and then you can sign up for their one million dollar giveaway contest. So that's a free shot in a million bucks. Who doesn't who doesn't want that? So make sure you download the app. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN. And while you're downloading apps, download our app if you haven't already. The SGPN app. You can be listening to us right now on the app if if you had it. Uh, we are now live in the App Store and Google Play. And it gives you easy access to all our picks, all the podcasts. You can get notifications anytime we drop one. And you can get access to all our articles on our site where we're, gonna, we're running NFL previews every day. A different team. We're giving you the the, the fantasy um, spin on the team plus uh, prop bets and uh, player prop bets for that team. Um, plus how we think the team's going to fare this season. So, um, and that's just for the NFL. We have every other sport covered: baseball, MMA, obviously, all that stuff. And you can get all of it on the app. So make sure you download our app today. If you can throw us up a, a review, that would be awesome. Also, all right. Um, what are we moving on to? Oh yeah, the hose drinker. Uh, lightweights. Vink, Vink. Is it Vince? It's Vince. It's Vince. Vince. It's it's Vince. Vince. You just say it like there's an yeah, E on it. That's so annoying when people do that. Oh. Um, he's um, Vince from Hell, Pichelle versus Austin Thud Hubbard. That's actually two good ones. I got to go with Thud. That's funny. Yeah, Thud's Thud's great. Thud is good. He actually, he, mm. he told me the he told me the story on that one once too because oh, no. I interviewed. Both of these guys. Oh, okay, um, good. It's a wash then. Yeah, so I interviewed Thud, and uh, he said that from the sound uh, he made on one of his strikes when he was, like, in regional promotions, and the local announcer just started calling him Thud because it seemed like every 
Every strike he, he threw made a thud. Perfect. And this, not only is this a wash uh, based on the jinx, it's also basically a wash at the uh, books. They're both at minus 105 at this point. Um, so Thud is 13 and 5 with the five knockouts, two submissions, three and three in the UFC. He, listen, uh, listen to this. Loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. So basically his UFC career has been nothing but swapping losses and wins back and forth. And he won his last fight. Um, he also is a former LFA champ. Imagine that. He's nine years younger than Pichel. Uh, he's at striking and active striking stats in his favor. And like I said, minus 105. Uh, from Hal Pichel, 13 and 2 with eight knockouts, 6 and 2 in the UFC. He's won two straight and six of seven. He also was in the Ultimate Fighter where he went three and one. He hasn't fought in a year. He's got an inch of reach, minus 105. Uh, and he drinks out of the hose, so I'm going to pick him. Yeah, I'm going to go with Pichel here, too. Um, not because he drinks out of a hose, but because, uh, look, I, I think the thing here about this fight is that Pichel, since he's moved to Factory X, it has looked way better. Like, that win over Jim Miller was really impressive looking. The one before against Roosevelt Roberts, also fairly good. Like, you know, you have to go back to his loss to Gregor Gillespie to really have, you know, anything where we can say negative about him. He's looked really good since training at Factory X. So I think, you know, like the thing about Hubbard too is like if, if you look at some of those wins, like yes, they're wins, but like he had trouble with the takedowns of Marco Madsen. He had trouble with the takedowns of Davi Hamosh. He had trouble with the takedowns of Joe Selecki. And even in the win over Max Roshkoff, Roshkoff took him down a couple of times right at the beginning. And it seemed like Roshkoff was getting the better of the grappling there. And yeah, Pichel is a guy who can offensively wrestle pretty well. Sometimes he's had some difficulties defending the wrestling, but I think he's going to have the advantage here where he can kind of control Hubbard, and, and I'm not necessarily sure he's worse, all that much worse on the feet. So uh, I like his advantages more than I like the advantages of, of Hubbard's here. There you go. Very nice breakdown. Uh, move on to heavyweights. Chase Sherman versus Peter Parker Porter. Uh, he does not have Peter Parker Porter does not have a nickname, but I gave him one. Peter Parker Porter. Uh, Sherman is the vanilla gorilla. Vanilla gorilla. Um, Peter Parker Porter, obviously, because I gave him that nickname. I got to go with that one. So um, that because there are two vanilla gorillas. Exactly. Yuck. And also, also, hmm. also, fun fact here. I've interviewed both of these guys. So okay, you good. You don't have to worry about the jinx here. All right. Now what? Um, chunky guys. Are we going with chunky guys with either of these guys, Porter? I think with I, I think with one of them. I think Porter, I guess. So. Yeah. And he's kind of hairy too. Is he still hairy? Pictures that I've seen of him, he's hairy. I, I I think he's still probably hairy. Perfect. All right, let's go with him first. He's eleven to six with five knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out himself three times, so half of his losses have come via knockout. He's one to one in the UFC. Won his last fight. He also is one to one in Bellator. Based on their last. Weigh-ins, he was 12 pounds heavier than Sherman. He's got striking and active striking stats in his favor, plus grappling stats in his favor. He's at plus 150. The Vanilla Gorilla is 15-7 and seven with 14 knockouts. He's been knocked out himself four times. He's 3-6 and six in the UFC over two stints. He's 1-1, one one, lost his last fight over his last two. He's 4 inches taller, 3 inches a reach, 4 years younger, minus 190. It's crazy I'm going with the dog again here. I kind of like Porter at plus 150. I do too. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. The, the I am crazy tag, then. The price tag is part of it um, for sure, but also just like <sighs> Sherman has had trouble with guys who are smaller than him too, right? Like 
you know, you can look, obviously, as he's got the reach, he's got the height, and he's leaner and all that kind of stuff. But, like, guys who are big and chunky who have been able to get in on the inside of him either take him down, which I think Parker Porter actually has underrated takedowns and grappling, um, and then they've been able to control him and kind of deal with him however they need to, right? Like, we saw that with Augusto Sakai, who's a bigger, chunkier guy. We saw that with Justin Willis, who's no longer with the UFC. We saw that with... Well, I mean, Shamil Durkheimov just knocked him silly in, like, no time at all. But, like, big guys have been getting to him. You know, like, Ike Villanueva had a little bit of trouble with him in the striking department. But I don't think Parker Porter is going to be that outmatched in the striking that his ability to get in on the inside and, and kind of control the position and maybe even grapple a little bit. Because I think, like I said, I think Parker Porter is underrated in the grappling department. I also think he's underrated in the cardio department because he's a big, chunky guy with lots of hair and People generally think that those guys just can't can't maintain a whole 15 minutes, but I think he can. So, yeah, I, I like Parker Porter in this one, too. All right. We've got, I counted, four dogs already. Four dogs and five favorites, basically. That's Yeah, and not not all the same. Me and you flip-flopped on one, yeah, one apiece, uh, a piece, but yeah. Still, it could yeah. be a profitable, profitable night on Saturday. All right, uh, co-main event, lightweights, Clay Guida versus Mark Madsen. Uh, Guida is the carpenter. Madsen is the Olympian. Uh, I will go with the carpenter. Yeah, it, it, that's that's an iconic yeah, big name. Obviously, yeah. it is iconic. Yeah. Exactly. Um, oh, all, do you also know? I saw his nickname listed as Kyben, uh, Carbon Fiber Jaw. Have you heard him called that ever? No, but didn't he? Didn't he uh, break? He broke somebody's jaw. Who did he break jaw there, with the choke? Rafael Dos Santos that got. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And yeah, he, he broke said, Rafael Dos Santos' jaw. You're right. Is that who was? And then, yeah, and then he had to get a carbon fiber jaw. Rafael Dos Santos is the one with the jaw, but yeah, there you go. There you go. There there's you where go. the name came from. Possibly. All right. Um, and the carpenter because he's a carpenter, correct? Or he was a carpenter. I thought it was because he looked like Jesus. Oh, yeah. That's actually even better. I don't know for sure the story. I think he does do like stuff like that, too, but yeah. Maybe he is. Maybe he's the second coming, Dan. <laughs> he doesn't ever die. So <laughs> It's true. He's been around forever. All right, 36 and 20. How about that, being around forever? This will be 557 for him as a pro. 36 and 20, seven knockouts, 13 submissions. He's been subbed 10 times in his career. Half of his losses have come via submission because um, he likes to play on the ground. He's 16 and 4 in the UFC. No, that's not right. He's 16. I haven't listed his 16 and 4 on the UFC. That can't be that, right. That can't it? be right. He's got to have more losses than that. Hang on. Maybe, 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 maybe 16, 16 and 14. 14. Yeah. All right. One second. Uh, he lost to right. Dean Thomas, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> 20, he was 20 and 6 when he entered the UFC. So, yes, he is. That should be a 14. I typed 4 instead of 14. Yeah. That he makes is. Sense. He'd be amazing. That'd be amazing if he was 16 and 4. 16 and 14. So, he's, this is fight 31 in the UFC. Uh, he made his debut October of 20, 2006 in the UFC. So you know what my question is, Dan. What were you doing in October 2006? Uh, that would have been just starting my senior year of high school. Really? You're old. Ugh. Um, what else can I tell you about this guy? He's two. He's won two of his last five, won his last fight. He was in WEC, WEC Never Die, where he was 1-0. He also was in Strike Force, where he was the champion. Uh, he was 1-1 in Strike Force. He made his debut way back in his pro debut way back in July of 2003. So you were in uh, just starting high school, out, right? Or sophomore year, probably. 
Yeah, yeah, right about around there. All right, right around there. Uh, starting to grow your hair out, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, start uh, killing pigs at that point. <laughs> perfect. Uh, plus 135 if, if you want uh, Guida here. Um, I have a feeling we don't, but just in case. Uh, Mark O. Madsen, the O stands for Olympian. That's kind of uh, pretentious, but hey. Uh, he's 10-0 ten, <laughs> ten as a pro. Three knockouts, three submissions. 2-0 in the UFC. Last fought in March of 2020. He's was in the Olympics twice for wrestling. He's Danish, right? So I believe he is, uh, he is yeah. Danish. Yeah, right. and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, too, is Greco-Roman, not freestyle. Yes, that's correct. Yep, Greco-Roman is, is is actually worth noting in this breakdown too. Yes, Greco-Roman is just the upper body wrestling, correct? correct. I know that sounds yep. stupid, but yes, okay. And freestyles, whatever. All right. So he's in the Olympics twice for Greco-Roman. He won a silver medal the one year. He wasn't just uh, competing the one time. He actually got a medal. He's an inch taller, two inches of reach, three years younger, minus 170. I'm going to take Madsen. I have a feeling Dan's going to take the Carpenter, though, after that last comment you made. I am going to take the Carpenter. Wow. And, and, and it is it is based somewhat on that last comment I made. Um, the fact that Madsen is a Greco-Roman guy, like, he he's going to have to corner Clay Guida against the cage for a lot of those upper body takedowns, and... Do you recall ever seeing Clay Guida taken down that way? No. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, re- don't recall much, though. And, and, but that's that's, that's right. true, right? <laughs> the other thing, though, is, like, who holds Clay Guida down? You know what I mean? Like, he does he get taken down? For sure. Periodically, he does get taken down. It's usually big double legs and stuff like that. But, like, most people don't take him down, and if they do take him down, he pops right back up. I mean, like, you remember him getting kicked in the head by Diego Sanchez, and just, he was like a a weeble. He wobbles, but he doesn't fall down. He just bounced right back to his freaking feet, and he was right back at it. So, I, I mean, like, I am impressed with Clay Guida every single time out. He, he astonishes me that he's still as good as he is. I mean, he looked great against Michael Johnson. Um, I just think here he's probably better on the feet than Marco Madsen, and I'm a little bit worried when O'Madsen fails on a bunch of these takedowns or takes him down to get three seconds of control time. What's his cardio going to look like at the end of the fight? Because I'll tell you what, at the end of 15 minutes, Clay Guida is going to be doing laps. I don't think Marco Madsen is. Yeah, no, this is this is a a tough one, uh, tough one to pick. I'm going to go with Madsen still, but. But yeah, a, um, everything you mentioned makes it a very, very interesting fight, actually. Um, so we shall see. We shall see. Uh, could could it be a prospect loss for Madsen and Guida survives uh, to live another day? We'll see. Um, moving on to main event time. It is a middleweight fight. Jared Cannonier versus Calvin Gastelum. Um, two guys who basically the. Uh, Coming from opposite ends here, um, in terms of uh, conditioning, Kenner used to be a heavyweight, and if you look at pictures of him, then he does not look anything like he looks now. So he's uh, conditioned and worked himself and dieted down to middleweight, while Gaslam has gone the other way. He basically is a welterweight who ate himself up to middleweight. So um, not tipping my hand on my pick, but I'm just saying that that's what's going on here. So we got the Killer Gorilla versus Gaslam. Does not have a nickname at all, does he? No, no, I don't think he does. No? All right. Killer Gorilla was probably going to win anyway because it's spelled with the A, Killa Gorilla. So there you go. And he's from Alaska. You can't go against that anyhow. So um, Gastelum, we'll start with him. He's 16-7 with one no contest, six knockouts, four submissions. He's 11-7 with one no contest in the UFC. 
He's won one of his last five fights. He lost his, um, including losing his very last fight. Was that Whitaker? Was that the last yeah, fight? Yeah, bo- okay. both of them have lost. Both the, of them, right. Or their both. last losses are Whitaker. Yeah. yeah. So no shame there. Uh, he also was the Ultimate Fighter champion where he was 4-0 and then won the championship. Um, seven years younger, grappling stats in his favor, plus 128. The killer gorilla, straight out of Alaska. He's, he is from Alaska, right? I know he fought there, but he's also from there, correct? Um, you don't yes, know? I, I think so. I don't you're, know that for sure. Yeah. You're I don't he, me. I know he used to train no. at the MMA lab, but I Dallas, don't know. Dallas, Texas. Oh my gosh, I'm wrong. And now he's fighting out of Arizona. Uh, but he fought in, did he not come? Yeah, he f- used to fight in Alaska. Okay. That's where I got that from. All of us, he must have lived in Alaska then, because from like 2011 to 2014, he only fought in Alaska. So. Yeah, I can't imagine the pay for Alaska FC is good enough to keep having to travel up there. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, so 13-5, nine knockouts, two submissions, six and five in the UFC. He's won three of his last four, but he did lose his last fight, as Dan mentioned, to former champ, um, whose name just popped in my head. Robert Whitaker would be the name. Uh, He's two inches taller, six inches of reach. Like I said, he used to be heavyweight. So basically, it's a heavyweight versus a welterweight (laughs) here, frame-wise. Striking stats in his favor, minus 160. I'm going with Cannoneer. I have a question mark beside it, but I, I feel more confident about it now. Um, yeah. Sorry, uh, I'm going to say, if you do want to pick Gaslam, I say wait until weigh-ins and see what Gaslam shows up, because you don't get the same one every every fight. So I don't I don't think it matters. I think no. a professional advice here, if we can call ourselves that, is... Uh, well, we stay, are professional. We, got paid, we get paid for this. We're professional. Stay, stay, stay away from Calvin Gaston. There, there's yeah. no reason to pick him in this. Like, Jared Cannonier, if, if you go back through his record, like, he's only going to get beat by guys who can piece him up on the feet, right? You know, like, Jack Hermanson is a better grappler than Calvin Gaston. He subbed Calvin Gaston in 30 seconds. Um, you know, Dave Branch, I would even say, is probably a better wrestler than Kelvin Gastelum, which might be a hot take there. But, like, neither of those guys had a good time wrestling Jared Cannonier, who then just absolutely mauled them on the feet. And, like, look, he, he fought Jan Blankovic to a decision. He, he's been in there with Dominic Reyes and Glover Teixeira and Ian Kudalaba and heavyweights. And, like, the the strength and power of Kelvin Gaston is not going to be enough to get Cannoneer down here. And, I, I mean, I, I'm having a tough time thinking Kelvin Gaston winning this on the feed. I, I guess he's got some power in there. He did knock out, like, a very washed Bisping who had just been beaten. But, yeah, like, I, I kind of think Jared Cannoneer just just absolutely steamrolls him on the feed here. Yep, Killa Gorilla uh, is the pick. We're agreeing with that one. Um all right, to put a bow on things, we should give you some props. Uh, we give you some parlays. Uh, I think we gave you a prop right off the bat, right? Brahamov, we like the uh, submission over Pletnikov, right? Yeah, I think that that one's a pretty easy one. And, and just doing a, a quick look at the numbers, you can get that at plus 125. So that that's one that's maybe not like a full-on degen pick, but you can get his yeah. numbers from the negatives to the positives on there. And if you want to get crazy with the rounds, you could probably up it a little further. But um, I, I think it's a pretty safe play. I think he wins pretty easily, and you're going to get plus money on it. So, yeah, I like Brian Mai. And then the other one I really like, too, is, is I like uh, Brandon Royval to finish. Um, and, and if you want to pick him straight up just to finish, you can get that at, uh, like, plus one or a 330 or plus 340. 
Um, and then if you feel really confident that he's going to get either the knockout or the submission, and to be honest, I'm leaning towards submission here, you can get that at plus 700. Um, so I, I like that as like a if you're looking for a big fat degen player, like Brandon Royval by submission plus 700 is kind of fun. There we go. We're all about the big fat degen uh, plays here. All right, you want to go live? You want to go uh, lock pick first? I'm having trouble coming up with my lock pick here. We'll let you go first. I'm not. I'm taking Ramiz Brahimai. Like, yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna steamroll Platnikov, and uh, so yeah. Thanks for letting me pick first because that's the easiest one, and uh, yeah, I'll take that one. All right, so Brahima is your pick. I'll go with Bad News Barbie at minus one fifty over Noons. Um, I think probably gonna be a striking battle, and she's more technical striker plus what, seven inches reach, seven inches of height. So uh, you can't pass on that. So I'll, I'll be taking her as my lock. Um, yeah, so I guess that puts a bow on this event. So um, I will not be back. I'm going away. So Dan will have a bootleg Jeff on um, the next podcast. Actually, not a bootleg Jeff. Is it going to be KCP again? More it than is, likely. It is, it is definitely going to be Kurt Chase Patrick. He'll be with us on, uh, I believe, the next two Sundays, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, that's correct. He, he'll be on episode 66, which you will be dedicating to Mario Lemieux, obviously. And he, he will be on episode 68, which you'll be dedicating to Yermer Yager, obviously, correct? <laughs> yeah, we'll get real Canadian in those two episodes yeah. without the Canadian. <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins, come on. Um, so um, yeah, he does a good job other than being polite to you. Uh, he, he does a good job. So he'll be on the review ones. I will be here to break down Barboza versus Chikese. I may even review that in a couple minutes. You never know. But um, So until Sunday, when hopefully um, KCP can um, defend all my amazing picks for me and, and rub Dan's nose in the dirt, um, make sure you subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already, MMA Gambling Podcast. Read all our stuff on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Go to mma-manifesto.com if you just want MMA info and enter our pick'em contest at the very least. Um, that's the least you could do is enter the free contest. Um, what else should you do? Read our stuff. Oh, you can follow us on Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer, and he's Gumby Vreeland. Um, and I guess that's it. And since it's time to uh, log off, this is the time that I remember to tell you that my nickname is Juicy Jeff. Um, which I always forget to tell you until the very end of the podcast. So anyhow, I am Juicy Jeff. He is Gumby Vreeland. And he'll be back next podcast to see you. And I'll be back in episode 67. We'll see who that one gets uh, dedicated to. So bye-bye.